It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Wayne, great to see you. Welcome to London, Georgia and the boys. How are they settling in? Yeah, that, well, to be fair, they haven't yet. I mean, it's, as, as often as, um, you know, I'm, I'm the disruptor in our family lives, you know, the boys, this will be their sort of fourth, different educational system they're, they're dropping into and fourth household George has had to pack up and sort of you know fix but um but we're all excited about the move it's a, it's a, it's a brilliant city to move to obviously um you know aside from the football stuff uh yeah it's not a bad place to land and uh yeah they're all looking forward to the move they're, they're away at holidays at the moment and uh, part of my brief is uh aside from uh, trying to create a team that has success is finding a place to live with so. <laughs> Yeah, got to get the priorities right, Yeah, uh, that's for sure. You said to the Socceroos in 2017, when you move on, you want to leave your name for your boys behind. I imagine, you know, the youngest, they're old enough now to know that what Dad does is a bit special and obviously moving from place to place, like you mentioned, is a bit different. Do you think they've got a grasp on, you know, how big this environment is, football in England and, and the challenges you are taking on? Like I said, I think they're getting to the age where they're starting to. Um, certainly up in Scotland, they... They began to understand it because you couldn't escape it. You know, it was everywhere, and uh, you know, they know their dad sort of, you know, he's not just doing any other job. But, you know, it's it's fairly, you know, high profile. And um, because living in Scotland, you know, you obviously every night we'd be watching the the football, invariably the Premier League. And so, you know, they they've got an understanding of what we're moving to, but they're still yeah you know, young enough um, where you know they haven't. They, yeah, and we've tried to as a family just. You know, anyone who knows me knows we we're kind of trying to keep it as normal as possible in the way we live our lives. You know, we we kind of we we we're not out and about too much. We we love spending time together as a family, and and most of it's at home or doing stuff with the boys. But um, you know, it's a big shift for the whole family, obviously. But uh, it's one we're all looking forward to. Tell us about how you carry that legacy of, I guess, Australia and Australian football, because you know we've seen your transition to Japan and then to obviously Scotland, and now here to the Premier League in England that you've had so much support from back home. You know, you carry expectations, but also the support of so many people that have been brought along to the game by your achievements. Do you do you feel that day to day or, or as you sort of plan a season, first one with Spurs? Um, yeah, look, I, I, it, it's fair to say, I, you know, it's not right in the front of my consciousness, probably because I, I haven't been back home a lot since kind of I left the national team some some you know, because of circumstance obviously with COVID hitting as well you know I would have been home a lot more regularly but I've certainly felt you know through through my network and my friends and and family just you know how you know passionate and 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 so how supportive people have been uh, about my journey I guess it's it's kind of unique I don't know if I kind of ever rooted for a coach before you know it's it's different for a player but you know look for me it's brilliant because not for me as much personally as much as I you know I'm very grateful for it just I know it impacts the game back home because it means that you know people who are just religiously following football or football lovers will will take an interest because I know above all Australians are sports lovers you know anyone who does well I 
yeah, I love multitude of sports because Australians were doing it well in there. Yeah, whether that was Greg Norman in golf or, you know, Pat Cash in the tennis or the cricket or whoever, you know, won a, a gold medal, you know, Kathy Freeman, you, you invariably, you know, were, were sort of attracted to them, made you feel proud that you, you, you that come from your country. So, you know, the fact that that's there, I think, is, is great. And, you know, hopefully, um, you know, with this sort of journey, it's Tottenham, um, you know, it elevates it even further. One of the most important things for a group of supporters, arguably more so than winning and losing, is feeling a connection with their football club and their football team, you know, the players. You've managed to do that in every role that you've had. And I think it's fair to say from the outside, at least, that Tottenham have struggled with that over the past few years. How do you go about connecting those two groups, supporters and players, heading into this season? I think it's an important part of it. And I've tried to do it, like I said, where we've been. It's firstly understanding, you know, what the club's about, you know, and, and, and not so much what I think the club should be, but more, you know, what's what's the soul of every football club that I've been to, you know, and then what, what's the soul of this football club? What What's what's it embedded in? Because every football club has something within them that differentiates them from others, you know, and I think when you understand that and, and, and then you kind of understand, you know, the people then who follow that football club, it makes it easier then when you're speaking to them or about their football club to make sure you're represented in the right way even the way the team plays, the way the, the people behave, the players behave, and the way we go about things should be reflective of it. So, you know, it's been an important part for me in the early parties, and then before I take a role is to understand that. And, and they've all been very different, you know, when that was in Australia, even going from, say, a South Melbourne to a Brisbane Roar or Melbourne Victory or a national team, and then Japan, totally different. And then, you know, Celtic is another beast in itself, you know, and they're all different. It's about finding what was important to, to the most important people in every football club, which is the supporters, what's important to them, and make sure you speak to that and understand that and embrace that in your role. Another thing you've managed to do incredibly well everywhere you've been is to get that buy-in, but also, I guess, in, in achieving the buy-in in a dressing room is to make difficult decisions when, when needed. How tough is that here, just given, you know, I guess, a, a big squad, difficult seasons past, and knowing that you've got to make those decisions quickly, you know, getting that buy-in, seems like it's you know at least half of the journey to start with it's it's the same mate. it's not any more difficult i think you, you can make it more difficult for sure you can try and rationalize it to say that well you know i've never believed that i've had to change my approach wherever i've been you know, I, you know what worked for me when i was manager of south melbourne hellas in 97 98 to win a you know the championship there those values are still there today and i think they're they're there's no reason to 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 leave that at the door because you're embarking on something that some people think is somehow bigger or better. Because as I said, every step up or perceived step up means that you're also working with comparable resources. Yeah. So, and not always the most. Like when I was in Japan, Yokohama, we we were we were by far probably mid-table in terms of you know, player spend and things like that. But we were still competitive in that league. I knew that. So. Yeah, coming to Tottenham, yes, of course, this is the most challenging league in the world. The best teams in the world, you know, are in this competition. But I've got a pretty good squad here, you know. I've got a massive football club behind me, resources. So the challenge is still the same. It's about staying true to the stuff I believe will get a success. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. 
Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You spoke in your first press conference about Pep Guardiola and the impact that he's made. And I think it's fair to say over the past 10 years, the Premier League is very different because you've got 20 clubs and managers that all want to play their football you know, no longer is it long ball, route one, old school English football. You've got even managers like thinking Iraola and De Zerbi, Vincent Company coming in with Burnley, who will all fully believe in a philosophy that that's the best way to play. You have that unshakable belief as well. So from a pure tactical perspective, you must be relishing the opportunity to go out and prove week in, week out against different opposition that your football is the best way to play. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's one of the sort of attractions to the role was that you get to challenge, you know, my beliefs and the way we want to play against the best, you know. And, and whilst you mentioned all those guys, within that, within them, they all do it differently, you know. There's no carbon copy out there and you can't. You can't just copy, you know, you, you, what Pep does. Pep does so well because it's him, you know. You can't copy that. So, um, and that's a challenge for all of us managers is how do we, you know, embed our own principles into 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 the way we want to play understanding that the competition is going to be as challenging as you can get and um looking forward to that you know let's let's go get them mate see see where we end up you've managed to break down barriers for australian coaches not only through what you've done yourself throughout your success but also you've brought in aussies thinking in yokohama with pete klamowski and john hutchinson and then in scotland you had harry kuehl on board you've brought in in mila yedinak for an opportunity at spurs can you talk to us about that sort of thought process and what Millet brings? Yeah, look, I think it's, you know, I, I've often said that my biggest frustration with Australian football was that there wasn't enough opportunities, you know, and um, I felt that for that, you know, when when kind of I finished up, you know, with Australian youth teams and, and I couldn't get an opportunity, I couldn't believe it at the time, not because I felt, you know, that, you know, I was, I was good enough, but because I just thought somebody with my history of success should be able to get an opportunity and I thought, if I ever get into a position again of influence, that I'm going to make sure I'm going to open as many doors as I can in terms of, you know, the position I, ha- I've, I hold. And I've done that, you know, I've tried to do that wherever I've been since, you know, whether that was with a national team and he said in Japan. And, you know, I, I, I take so much pride in seeing Muskie killing it over there and Pete's taking a, a massive club. Um, and, you know, when I got over here, I also realised just how tough it is for, for Australians, even the ones based over here, to get an opportunity. So... Fucking open doors for them, not because they're just because they're Australians, because I think they deserve it. You know, they deserve an opportunity. And Harry's felt, you know, fell in that category, and Millay certainly does as well. I, you know, I'm really excited to see what Millay does as, as as a coach. You know, it's his first sort of foray into it. He was an outstanding leader, um, an outstanding person to 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 work with um, the Nashville team. So, really excited to 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 bring him in, and, and I know he's going to be a you know, big contributor. It was interesting in your first press conference, official press conference as Spurs boss, uh, at least half the questions were about ingoings or outgoings, you know, with players. Obviously, Harry Kane, you know, a big talking point at the moment. Are you prepared for, I guess, the machine that comes with English football? I know Glasgow in itself um, with Celtic was massive as well, the fishbowl, but it seems like another level here where everybody wants to know every single move, what's the latest rumour, and particularly at the moment, it seems like quite a bit of the focus around Tottenham is that. I'll be all right. 
I think oh, I think I, I think I, I think I think we'll be fine. I don't think that's going to be my biggest challenge. I mean, I, <laughs> I I don't worry about that stuff. Anyone knows me knows. Not not that I'm dismissive of it because again, I think it's important. Every time I speak, I speak on behalf of this football club. So I don't take it, um, you know, I don't take it lightly. You know, every press conference, I got to be make sure I'm I'm well prepared and understand what's coming my way. But and I got to represent the football club in the right manner. But I ain't losing any sleep over it, mate. It's not going to define sort of whether we're successful or not. I had a feeling you wouldn't answer for whatever reason. You've got, um, you know, you've got a trip to Australia to start it off. If someone was to piece together, you know, your journey, or if you were to plot it out, you know, years ago to say, well, this is where I'd like to go and what I'd like to do, you'd probably say, you know, first game in charge of a Premier League club in Australia. It's worked out remarkably well. It must be a, a special feeling to know you'll get the chance to kick it off against the Hammers in Perth. Yeah, it's crazy, mate. I mean, yeah, Celtic went to Australia last year. I mean, what, what are the odds of the two clubs that, Last two, you know, these two clubs I've managed have gone to Australia, so it's uh, yeah. Look, I, I'm buzzing for it. I love it because I, I I know what it's like to be on the other side of that fence. I remember as a kid, every time an overseas club came, how excited I was even to watch training, let alone go to the game. So knowing that um, again, you know, I'll, I'll be bringing a, this this you know, this massive football club to Australia, and I know how many you know Thomas supporters there are out there, and just football lovers in general, um, you know. Couldn't be, uh, couldn't be happier. That's kind of the, f- the first game, official game in charge, and uh, looking forward to it. And of course, the Premier League gets underway mid-August against Brentford away down the road, London derby uh, to start. How ready do you think the squad can realistically be at that point, knowing you've got a few weeks left of a transfer window? You've got, as you say, a re- rebuild to do, since there's a lot of work to go under the bridge be- before that first game. Yeah, but we have to be ready, mate. The, the, the competition starts. It's the Premier League. You're not going to get you know five games to to work your way into it. We, we've got to be ready on that first day. Brentford away is a, is a tough opponent. You know, it's a tough gig for uh, any time, but the uh, first game of the year, we have to be ready and we will be. You know, I'll make sure we, we use this in the next period to, to have a, a team that's uh, ready to go once that competition starts. You mentioned on our Football Belongs podcast on Optusport a few years ago that it's about the game taking advantage of tangible opportunities. The Women's World Cup undoubtedly is, is one of those and you being in the Premier League would be another. Do you feel like that is the case? Do you feel back, I hope back so. home? And you can add the Socceroos to that because, I mean, you know, what are you with Socceroos at the World Cup? I thought it was outstanding, you know. So there's a lot of good there, you know. Um, as I said, Australia, it's about, you know, the people who really love the game take advantage of that now and, and getting a bit of a foothold. Uh, the Women's World Cup is going to be brilliant. I mean, the, the exposure it's getting over here now is, is incredible, you know. Um, and I know the girls are, are going to do their utmost to, to bring success. And if that happens, you know, we can't let that opportunity go by without it, you know, making um, an indelible mark in the game in Australia. And uh, you know, like I said, there's a lot of good things happening. And uh, hopefully, um, you know, moving forward, we, uh, we, we take advantage of it.